GuerrillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. Gamezilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, co-host, Jazzy Fiddle. You're going to poop yourself one day doing that. I already did. Every week. And the face of Switch... Testonautics. It's now canon to me that every time you do that, you're actually just powering up at the beginning of the episode. Oh, I, I kind of... <laughs> Super Saiyan Fiddle. Great, I have to come up with a new thing now. I just killed just the bit. Just got ruined. I killed the bit forever. And our producer, Deadite Knight. You know, I was actually thinking while listening to last week's show earlier today that it's time to freshen up the intro to the show here. So we, we'll have to come up with something that doesn't sound as weebish. What if we do it right now? Just re-roll the intro tag. We got to come up with something right now. Nope, we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> yeah. do the show. No, because it's episode two forty two of the Games Little Podcast, brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash Gamezilla Media. As a patron, your contribution goes to the continued support and growth of Gamezilla Media. Four unique levels of access, starting at just one dollar per month, you can get early access to the show, along with the ability to vote on our Patreon exclusive topic each week. That is patreon.com slash Media. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Nintendo rumors and the biggest divorce in gaming that I have ever witnessed in my entire life. All this and more on episode 242 of the GameZilla podcast. But before we get into that, it's time for some team talk. We're talking the team, we're teaming the talk, it's not a team talk. Team talk! Man, is that part of the new refreshing look to 2019? Yeah. <sighs> Normally it's a don't mind if I do ski. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing it up. I like it's it. It's time to freshen this show up. Freshen up the do ski. Testonomics, gaming moment of the week. So for those of you in the GameZilla Media Discord, which you can get to from GameZillaMedia.com, at the bottom of the page, you join the Discord. It is free. Do it. You get people from all around the world talking about stuff. All sorts of stuff. You would know that last Thursday, live on stream, we had a GameZilla Media community night. Wasn't there. And when the Fortnite one kind of crumbled, it segued into a different community night where I was able to get in some Super Smash Brothers Ultimate with the boys. We made an arena, uh, mostly because me, Jazzy, and Doge were super frustrated at this mystery house escape that we couldn't beat. Did you guys ever beat it? No, I never went back. I didn't really realize what the outcome of it was supposed to be, and then I realized that it's on the entrance. It says you have to find the rift to escape. Oh. Because I didn't really know what I was looking for, and I didn't know what the chests were for either. I don't think the chests, I still don't know why they were in there, but. Either way, it was a real trash, like, escape room setup that just had us, there was, like, five of us trying at one point. BMC came in, is like, yeah, this isn't for me. If you want to play something fun, let me know. I'm going. And he left. Um. And then, yeah, we played a lot of Smash Brothers. So it was me, uh, Deadite, Sci-Fi AJ, Gangster Ass Rick. We were just playing a ton of Super Smash Brothers, uh, much later than we should have been on a Thursday night. And for the most part, I bodied everyone. That's my favorite kind of gaming. 
Dead Eye Night Gaming Moment of the Week. So, as a Christmas gift, Grim and Juno Jade uh, gave me a copy of Hollow Knight. Knowing that uh, I'm a Metroidvania fan, uh, not quite as hardcore into the genre as Grim is, but I, I thoroughly enjoy playing these games. And Hollow Knight's a game that I've been eyeing early on in the life cycle of Switch because they, they showed it off, what, two months after the Switch came out? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it was a game that I had a lot of excitement about early on, and then by the time it came out, I just had other games to play opposed to, to getting that one. And also, the reputation quickly came out that it was a difficult game. And I'm True. bad at video games, so when people say this game's difficult, it easily scares me away because I'm a wimp. But being that I received it as a gift, and it is a game I wanted to play, I dove into it this week and started playing it. And, you know, Grim, did the game start kind of slow to you? Yeah, the game is very slow uh, to get going. To the point where when I started the game, I actually stopped because I wasn't that into it. And then listening to other people talk about it, I went back and finally it started to kind of take off for me. Because to me, when I play a Metroidvania <laughs> game, it feels like you play it for 20 minutes and it's off and running normally. You're, you've are you already found some power-ups, you've already encountered some, some nice story elements and it's drawn you right in. Where my first hour into Hollow Knight, I was like, well, I'm kind of in this void space, not really getting a lot of direction from these weird characters. Like the art style and the, the vagueness was intriguing, but it wasn't enough to instantly just hook me like I need to just keep playing this so put about an hour in put it down for a couple days and then finally you know last night I was like okay gonna get back into Hollow Knight and that's when I made it to the first boss battle and that's when I knew that it's true that the game is difficult and why people call it you know the dark souls of, Met of Metroidvania I got that from trying to encounter one of these boss battles what, what was the first? I don't know if I've if I've encountered a boss battle in twenty hours of playing. It's a, it was a giant dude in a suit of armor with a giant mace. Yeah, man, must have I guess. And and it was tough, but it was one of those things like like in Dark Souls, you figure out the patterns, you you play it cool, and you can beat it. And then that's when I finally started to feel hooked into this little little bit into this game. I was like, oh, okay, I got my first big win. I found my first power up after that. And I was like, now it's starting to feel a little bit more familiar. So I'm excited to keep uh, diving into that world. And there's a lot of curiosity to what's even going on in the story at the stage that I'm in. Let's call it two hours into the game, maybe. Yeah. So I'm having fun with it. Good, good. So if you play it, give it give it some time. Don't, don't expect it to hook you in the first hour. Yeah. Visually, it'll hook you, though. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful, yeah. Jazzy Fiddle, gaming moment of the week. <sighs> well, I've come to the conclusion that I am the GameZone Media community's best blackout Call of Duty player. Let me tell you why. Oh it's true. God. It's 100%. It's undeniable. I am the most clutch and best player late game in Call of Duty Blackout. All right? All you guys, you have a simple job. Just get me through the first two circles, and I got you. First two circles, I'm trash. I can't even shoot anybody to save my life. But the second I get into that third circle, I'm like getting seven kills, six kills, sniping people with the outlaw to get to get the win. I just wish the circles would start at three because apparently when I drop off and uh, people don't help me get those first couple kills, I'm awful at the game to the point where 
there's been a couple of times that I would land, not get a gun, die. Land, not get a gun, die. And this is in quads, mind you. So the rest of the team survives and goes on. And I'm sitting there for 20 minutes like, man, this this was a fun this was a fun round, guys. I will say I did have a great moment in which was I was super pissed and was the funniest thing that's ever happened to me in Blackout in the fact that I was looting a house <laughs> and I hear Grimlock on the comms go, Jazzy, and I turn in the game to look at him and he goes, run, and he just chucks a cluster grenade yep. at the wall that oh, yeah. sticks right next to my head. And instead of me running like he told me to do, I just froze, stared, looked at <laughs> he it, froze. and blew up, and he he team killed me, and I literally just went like blank, like <laughs> I didn't talk for like four or five seconds, and he's like to the point where he's like, oh, I think he's been, like in I the thought chat. he was I quitting. Think he's pissed I thought at me. he was in the process he's about of to shutting his PlayStation he's about down to quit, and I was like, all right, that was kind of funny. Like I went from like super pissed. To like realizing that it was actually super funny, and uh, <laughs> I thought it was funny because I told you to run when I threw it. I'm 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 watching you. And I think I was streaming that night too. I was gonna ask. I said, "Were you streaming?" Because this, yeah. this sounds very yeah. familiar. And I just remember staring at you like he's not moving. He he's still. Oh, he's oh okay. He's dead. And then, and then all of a sudden, uh, was BMC the one playing with us? He threw a cock, uh, Molotov cocktail at me and burned me to death. And then. That yeah. was it. That was our round. We we did real bad. But after that, we won. So that's what I mean. You see, you got to have fun and be silly. And then that's when I, you start playing I, I better and blackout. I think if you, like, focus too much, you start losing some of the game. Yeah. And then as soon as you, like, kind of loosen up and just don't give a crap, then you kind of play better. Yeah. Now, now Jazzy, I'm, I'm going to challenge your claim, but I want you to play the version of Call of Duty Blackout that I play. And what it is, is every time my self-esteem and self-worth gets low enough that I consider even playing Call of Duty, I drink until I black out. Would you like to play that with me? <laughs> Say no. Say no. That's, yeah. it's, a, it's a slippery slope. It's, it's, yeah. Super slippery slope. Especially for somebody who can't drink because of their IBS symptoms. <laughs> oh, that, oh. that night would probably be great and I'd black out and I'd be like, oh man, you're right, Ethan. That was great. But then the next two days after that will be hell worse than blackout was. It's a, so, whole, <laughs> it's a whole new meaning to slippery slope. He'll be yeah, ha he'll be yeah. having brownouts everywhere. Yeah. So uh, I, I thank you for your offer. I will politely have he'll to say. He'll stick with uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I am the greatest Call of Duty blackout yeah. player. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna come up with w clever ways to just kill myself. So like the next time Grim's streaming, I'm gonna be like, Hey Grim! And he's gonna be like, Crap! He's gonna start booking. I'm just gonna like a toss a grenade at the wall and then blow myself up again or something like that. <clears throat> so loosen myself back up. All right. Well, uh, my gaming moment of the week is my Christmas gift that was a pre-order from my wife showed up, and that is my new Secret Labs Cloud9 chair showed up. And uh, that was last Friday. I got to uh, get home from work, pop the box open, and uh, put the chair together. She helped me uh, build the chair. And it was, uh, you know, like, I mean, I knew what the chair looked like. It, I thought it was going to look really cool. It looked better than I even imagined and then I sat in this chair and I've never really tried out a Secret Labs chair. I, I own a DX racer that's now in the studio but I uh, didn't know what to expect. I was hoping to be a little bit more comfortable than the DX racer that I have and I sat down and I was like oh my god this is everything I had hoped for. The, 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 the uh, cold foam or whatever they use is very comfortable, but even like the lumbar supports, everything's all memory foam and suede, so it's just, it's just nice. 
Uh, so I get in the game room, and of course, uh, we start playing some Call of Duty at that time. And, um, you know, I just, I got to game in my new chair that I've been waiting for for, uh, for a couple weeks. So that was, that was super cool. And, and then I shared a bunch of it, you know, I kind of sent my, my thank you, social media thank you to, to Jade out and, uh, Secret Labs retweeted it and liked it and even threw some, uh, some, uh, gifts into, uh, into my, uh, Facebook page. So I just, uh, appreciate their, um. Their interaction with their customers. It's been pretty cool. So I'm, I'm a fan so far. But yeah, that's, uh, that's our gaming moments of the week. I, uh, want, we want to hear your gaming moments of the week. And you do that in the Discord. GameslowMedia.com. Click that Discord button right on the homepage. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. I think I got pictures of my gaming chair up in there. So maybe uh, post some pictures of your gaming setup in the Discord. It's a new and improved Discord. We went and trimmed some of the fat. We have uh, all the greatest hits channels are now featured and prominent. So get in there and have conversations. There with is us. even a hits channel for NHL hits. Yes, hits two thousand and two, hits two thousand three can get out of here. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> Tess is Tess was not feeling. That. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Well, we got some news to get into. So cue us up. Yep. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. Topic number one. Nintendo shit. Test take it away. I really like how unofficially I've just become the Nintendo correspondent <laughs> yeah. on the show. Like I get on the face of Switch, but it's like there's a Nintendo topic. Go ahead and handle yeah. it. Your Nintendo Polo will be here next week, and we expect you to wear it. I mean, I'd be week. really excited if someone gave me a Nintendo Polo. <laughs> but Let's by, not pretend but by, like... by Polo, we mean banana hammock. Yeah. You act like my excitement's any bit differently because I'd be wearing it in the studio getting butt sweat on this chair. Mm, mm. No one else sits in it, so yeah. it's cool with me. That we know of. Plenty of people sit in the studio. Yeah. It's not my problem. Not on this show, though. You're right. So, <laughs> a uh, data miner on Twitter, his name is Capu, has recently, uh, he mined the most recent NES Switch app, or the, you know, the Switch Online that has all your NES games, the most recent update to that, and he found sh data strings that allude to 22 Super Nintendo games, what? as well as a Super Nintendo emulator coming in the future now let's get out of here i know none of this none of this is uh official by any means but this uh this capu this data miner has had some very successful um data mines data mines tango with coding in the past um so i mean we've got games like super mario kart uh legend of Zelda: link to the past kirby's dream course the goat uh kirby's dreamland 3 the actual goat super mario world Star Fox and Star Fox 2, Super Mario All-Stars, and among some other ones, <laughs> Super Metroid. Yeah, happy Metroid Monday! Test. Finally. Yes. You know what's not there? Poppin' Twin B? Because it's there. Man, shout out Poppin', Pop Poppin Twin B's there. I'm glad Poppin' Twin B's there, but guess what's not there? Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country, the greatest Super Nintendo game of all time. Now, now I, Nintendo likes to pass the bucket, and be like, "Man, that's all rare. Like, we can't have that." And, rare, and Microsoft's like, "No, no, it's not. Like, you can license those; they're yours." So it's kind of funny to me. But 
Um, so that's one big thing. But another side, before we get too deep into that, another side thing. So Oatmeal Dome, yeah. another data miner Our who boy. has uh, dug through a lot of uh, <laughs> friend Splatoon. Friend of the show. Yeah, friend of the show. We're Oatmeal claiming Dome. you Oatmeal Dome <laughs> just because I like your name. I'm an Oatmeal He's guy. He's done a lot with Splatoon 2 and data mining stuff out of Splatoon 2. He found four... Um, What's the word I'm thinking for? Like code names hmm. for councils. So there's the Kachi Kachi, which was the NES classic, Canoe, which was the Super Nintendo classic, and then two additional ones, Hayoko and Count, hmm. which could be one of two things. And I think this is where we'll get into the discussion. These very well could be uh, additional emulators coming to NES Online or, you know, Nintendo Switch Online, right? We could be seeing um, GameCube, N64, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance games, Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy in the future on our Nintendo Switch with the Switch Online, or we could be seeing another classic console, rather it be N64, GameCube, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, whatever it may PC be. PC Engine. PC Engine, etc. Um, the only thing that's interesting about that is Nintendo has gone on record saying like they don't have plans for the N64 Classic anytime soon. Were they just throwing us off a, a hot trail, or are we going to see something soon? Discuss. I mean, it's it's Nintendo, so I never like when they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." I'm like, okay, Nintendo, we'll see. I don't believe, I didn't believe them back then, so it very well could be a classic system. But also, they they said we weren't getting a virtual console yet. They seem to be kind of building a weird virtual console. So, I mean, who knows? Either way, I have I have the the first two classics. I would I would purchase a uh, whatever they come out with next and um you know they've proven that they can actually make a decent product versus sorry sony but you're the you're the the other example um, i saw those sony's are coming to groupon they're yeah. gonna oh, yeah. that's how bad the the playstation classic is selling yeah. groupon is gonna start selling how them much? at a discount they didn't have a price listed it just said coming soon i've yeah. seen them as low as 45 44.99 wow. i've seen them at jess fiddle how's yours doing doing good how much yeah. have you played it I haven't played it. Yeah. <laughs> are you still with the decoration with my other yeah, PlayStation? Yeah, yeah. Are you still within the holiday return exchange policy? No. no to at no, least I'm go keep, back and price yeah, match I'm for keeping half it off. for uh, I have like a shelving unit built out with all my old PlayStations on it. So the three, the two, the one, and then I just added it to that. So it's like a little I would buy it for forty bucks just, just from like the artwork and the fact of like just as a yeah, a piece to put on a shelf. But keep an eye on your local group, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um, but as far as as far as the the, the Nintendo goes, um, you know they've proven that they can make a good a good little um, emulator system. And I would pick up a NES Classic and a GameCube. But I would, if I had to choose, I would prefer it that this was hitting the Switch and that we weren't getting more physical little boxes for me to clutter my room up with. It'd be smarter on the Switch, wouldn't it? Because don't they have, like, so they make another, like, a 64 classic or a GameCube classic, right? And then they give you, what, 30, 32 games on it. Somebody hacks it and you get every game. Like, what, the, people haven't hacked the Nintendo online yet and gotten all their... Yes, they have. They, they totally have? have. They totally 100%. have. 100%. Like, day one. Really? Yeah, people yeah. were running yes, all sorts of different of that. NES games. You have to have the homebrew. You have to have a homebrew mod on your Switch to oh, then okay. gain access. It's to It's more the app. involved than than what it takes to hack the. Uh, oh, the cla- you mean like the, the four mouse clicks it takes to hack the yeah. the, the classic systems? Hundred percent. Yeah. So then it comes down to they don't have to build a system. 
Well, like put it onto something that you don't have to physically make a system. Yeah, but then you sell it for 80 bucks. So mm. maybe you put $30 into parts. Now you're making a $50 profit yeah. as opposed to just uploading it to all your Switch Online subscribers right. and make no money. Because, because, yeah. Oh, go ahead. For, for me, how many like bros do I know that are obsessed with Smash Brothers 64 and Mario Kart 64? And if they could land the license GoldenEye, that would just... They would pay that money just that they're not interested in owning a Switch. They didn't play many games post N64, but there's so many people that are our age where the N64 was their core system as a child yeah. that they would just pay out for just Mario Kart and the original Smash. I would be baffled if they put Melee. Oh, 64. Okay. Yeah. 64. Yeah. I, I'd be baffled if they come out with a GameCube and they put out Melee on the Switch. Be absolutely baffled. They're trying yeah. to kill that game for 15 years. Right. But just kidding. Here it is on that system that can play Ultimate too. The uh, you know the thing I was going to say though is that, that clearly we're starting to see a little bit of a pattern. If this SNES is true, the rumors about Nintendo Switch Online is true, um, that they came out with some hardware, they tested it, they built an OS, they they did this you know UI and all this, and then they discontinued it, and now we're starting to see it kind of replicate over on the Switch side. Like, if you look at that list that, that we just talked about, it is the SNES Classic with a few extra games. And so, are you know, like, are, are they doing that, grab some some quick millions here, make, make some money, and then literally the thing we build for this, we just take the software off of it and we slap it onto the Switch for, like, effortlessly, and we make millions more. So, I get it because... And money's money, I guess, and and a little piece of plastic with a little Linux Raspberry Pi box in it. We know those things cost next to nothing. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Or they should do both. It's Nintendo. Anybody that wants to play Super Mario Brothers has already bought the NES Classic. Has already got a Nintendo Classic console system. Has already bought it on the Switch eShop. But that's why they like, space it out, though. Like, I mean. It's a little bit different this time around because if you're already a Nintendo Switch Online service, you know, owner or whatever subscriber, then you're not paying more money. You're just getting these games, right? Like when this SNES drops, is this an additional purchase or is this part of Nintendo Switch Online? I think the answer is it's part of Nintendo Switch Online, which means it doesn't cost me a single cent more. So it's not like. They're making another, like, oh, Super Metroid's going to be on my SNES Classic, and now I can have it on my Switch for another five bucks. That's how it used to be. And I would give them that extra five bucks. It's not happening again this time around. So, I don't know. Yeah. It, you almost have to, you almost make the small little device because it does make you money. Right. Where by adding value to your online service, you might get more subscribers, which does make you more money, but I, I don't know. Or what, you add a cost to the. You gotta be careful with that because well, then you turn into Movie Pass and everybody, right, right. everybody, yeah. and then you die. <laughs> yeah. But that's the question, though. All of a sudden, they add in, even if they just add in Super Nintendo, right? Which looks very, very, very likely. Like, does that just come bundled in the twenty dollars yearly? Right, it's and hard then to believe does that. And sixty four just get bundled into the twenty. Then does GameCube just get? Because doesn't then, that seem like you're instantly looking at their decision of not having a virtual console with individual prices, and you look at it and you're like, 
why did why would you go this way? Because we've talked about it before. The second that they launch an actual, even if they just replicated the Wii U Virtual Console, I've said it, or yeah, the Virtual Console the Wii U had. I've said it on this show before. I would probably spend a hundred bucks that night. I would buy all these three dollar games and five dollar games and ten dollar games and fill yeah. up my retro library with what I want in a heartbeat, yep. and then still pay for their shitty online service. Like I would give them money. So if they give it to me all for twenty bucks, but like you said with Game Pass, it's like okay, well, just kidding. Now it's thirty dollars for a single user or 50 for a family like what do i do if i want to upgrade do you prorate me money back right and then I, now it's just really really messy so i can't imagine they're going to charge more but, but i can't imagine they're going to give it for the same price either because you got to be taking a loss at that point right because in this day and age you could very like not because it's nintendo but just because of what other companies have been doing you could very well imagine that a whole snes like section comes out and it's like it's a ten dollar add-on it, bundle it. You know, like, it's a yeah. microtransaction. They would, they would have to do it with the SNES. Like, hey, you got Nintendo Online, here's your NES library. Like, anything comes out NES, it's yours. Yeah. If you have Nintendo Online. Because I guess technically my question about this, right? When, when they came out with Nintendo Online, okay, they told us we were getting NES games. Right. Did they ever say we were getting anything beyond NES? No. no. no so was... SNES could technically be a purchase item. Like an add-on bundle, like it hey, buy be- the SNES bundle, and then you get any SNES game. Yeah, because that comes the out. NES, and then they could do that with each. Then each oh, one going charge forward. you twenty bucks to download the SNES app. Yeah, and yeah. then you and get the system yeah. is its own thing on your. But you dashboard. get the NES for free with Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, that's possible. So I then it's a one-time deal, like anywhere. Like like you said, we'll say twenty bucks, and you get all the SNES games, and right. you might only get the. The list that he just read off right. to start, but then any SNES game, Man. as long as there's this bundle linked to your account, you get it. But does that bundle? So now it's like, all right, I'm paying twenty dollars a year for Nintendo Online, which then gives me my NES games. And then am I paying twenty dollars a year for SNES? No, I think you're paying a one-time charge to have. I think the, to upgrade your account, not even right. to upgrade. Just I, can, you can buy it a la carte. You could just buy SNES. The SNES app for X amount of dollars. Done. It's in the eShop like any other game. You buy this, you get the house that they all come in. I, I bet that's not the case. I, I bet I bet it's so. an upcharge. I bet it's another five bucks a year or something like that they tack on just because it, it's already it's already similar. They've already trained you to think that you have the NES subscription. You have that Nintendo Online subscription. You get access to the NES games. You can upgrade for $5 more per year or whatever or $10 more per year. That'll give you access to the Super Nintendo games and, and so forth. I can't imagine it would be a one-time purchase access to And let's things. just say it's 5 bucks. Okay, and you have, and I don't know if we've got any numbers on the percentage of Nintendo Online versus Switches sold. Has Nintendo no. talked at all? Okay, so let's just say right now it's fifty percent. We got to sit around ten million, ten million uh, um, Nintendo Online subscribers. Like five dollars a year upcharge, right? Like, I, I again, that's hard for me to sit back and believe that when you looked at games that were SNES that were four ninety nine usually to buy. I would buy more than one in a year. But then they don't have to worry about you owning them. You, I want my purchases on my next system. They get they rid of that because you're just, you're just licensing the use of it with your Nintendo yeah. Switch Online. The hardest thing for me, like, Dead, I, I agree that a upgrade to your Nintendo Switch Online is what makes the most sense. I don't see logically how they build that though because like i'm already in for 20 bucks for the year until september like i'm already in so if it's a five dollar upcharge do i have to pay five dollars now 
and then that's good until next. It doesn't Which January. January. Make it easily yeah, prorated. Yeah, but I think the prorate gets real messy too. And kids are it's, stupid; they don't get math. They don't know how prorations work. <laughs> they don't have to get it. Nintendo just takes what like they prorations, want. Prorations <laughs> isn't that what you get when you eat lots of yogurt? Like, no, it's probiotics, you idiot. Like, I feel like you would have to. I would want it prorated because I would want them to terminate at the same time. Like, if whatever my Nintendo Online was going to terminate. I would hate to start seeing that, like, okay, my Nintendo Online ends in May, but my SNES ends in September, right. and my GameCube ends. Like that would, uh, then I would start to get super annoyed with that concept. But again, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to go dump SNES into the eShop for twenty bucks one-time charge with twenty games or whatever, and then say that's it. When they also said that that. That's a VC at that point. That, that's a virtual console at that point. And they said that's not coming to the eShop. So to me, their their subscription side is what they want to build out. They want to build a subscription side that it would eventually have NES, SNES, um, N64, and GameCube. Let's just say that those four. And you're going to pay an additional... You know, five bucks to ten bucks for those for those other ones besides NES. And overall, when you factor in how many subscribers they have every year, they're banking incredible amounts of money. So I want to ask two questions, and maybe it's a good time to to move on to our next topic. One: What's the most amount of money you'd pay? Day one, no thought if it was an increase to your SNES online and deadite for your purpose. Let's just assume you're on the twenty dollar individual plan. You know, because I know you got that family plan. And if it was just a standalone app, how much can it be and you're still a day one buyer? Like, we're going to feed Nintendo these numbers so they can charge us through the roof. <laughs> like, for me, 10 bucks more per year and I buy it. Up to 30 bucks up front and I buy it. How many games are in that 22. list? 22. But you got to remember, the, the, the hardware is $80, where yeah, you get yeah. the hardware, more games, two controllers. Yeah, thirty bucks as far as when you look at software for a one-time purchase, that's pretty good. I'd I'd probably say thirty, thirty-four, ninety-nine. I'd still be okay. I wouldn't go into the forty zone. And then, um, so if it came in at forty dollars day one, you're not buying it. And that's tough. S- and that's tough for me because I almost Super Metroid. Super Metroid is, is that one Mario thing I care World. about. Um, Super Mario All Stars, which all the games are kind of already on the NES Classic yeah. app. Um, and then as far as my subscription goes, yeah, like I'm on the family plan as well, and I wouldn't do anything over ten bucks. Like I, I don't, I don't think. Oh, so even for the family plan, so I'd go from I'd go from twenty to thirty. Would you go from thirty five to fifty? Thirty five to it'd be forty five. I said ten bucks. Yeah, but I'm saying right now you're paying thirty five, right? That's the family yeah. cost. Would you go up to fifty? Because I feel like it would be more, I'm, you know. You want 50, so it'd be fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars oh, because multiple got, people have correct, access exactly. to it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's why I tried to keep dead end on that one user. Yeah. I wanted, didn't want to get the semantics of it, but you yeah, brought us there. Sorry, we there I would now. do fifty. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. I fifty bucks a year, especially considering you could put eight people on your family. It's eight? Plan. I thought it was only five. That was eight. I thought I have eight slots. Yeah. I thought it was five. Well, maybe it's only five. It was like seven bucks a year for the five people. Yeah, as you're, opposed you're to twenty right. bucks a year for yep. one. Yep. I don't know where I got eight from. Five. But still. Um five people and fifteen bucks. Like, yeah, that's that's good. I know Jade would really like it. She's more of an SNES person than she is an NES. Deadite, what do you think? You the frugal boy. If if it was like a one time buy for all those games, I'd pay up to a full price title for that. Sixty bucks. Yeah, I'd pay sixty bucks to have all those Super Nintendo games on my system. I don't have a problem with that. This was a shock for me. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting I pay sixty dollars for twenty two Nintendo games. I for Super Nintendo games. Okay, if you but compare it to like if you compare it to that like trash collection of Genesis games that's forty, 
I'd I'd rather pay for these really good. Like it's a it's a reasonable thing to think if it's a one time buy for twenty or twenty two Super Nintendo titles. It's not crazy to think that that's the equivalent of a sixty dollar game. Because that's that would be what if, I wouldn't flinch at that. Five bucks a piece. That'd be just less than a hundred bucks to buy them individually. Yeah. So if they get sixty for it, they've really got their money's worth, but then you're only paying $20 less than it would have been to buy a, a physical unit that has those games on it. It's portable. Well, yeah. that's I, you know, and yeah. I have I have 8-bit dues now, so I mean, you I, have, I, have contro- I have controllers that are great for it. You know, it would be it would be nice. I'd be into it. What about your online subscription then? Online subscription? If we're just talking immediately the, the SNES um, stuff, I'd take a $10 to $15 hike to add those on. Preferably, it'd be five to ten. But if it was up to fifteen, I wouldn't flinch at that. And you know what? What really gets dicey is okay in a year, sixty-four games. Then GameCube and Game Boy. If it's it a continued build, yeah. upcharge for all that, that's when it starts to get like okay. My NES subscription went from a twenty-dollar a year thing to an eighty-dollar a year thing to get all these different games. That's when it gets complicated. But I think the one thing that we're we're sort of forgetting is. We crap on Nintendo all the time about them living in the past and and doing everything, you know, the Nintendo way. This is Nintendo getting with the trend of media as a service, games as a service, music as a service. Everything everything that's entertainment-based that isn't live entertainment has been continuously devalued over the last five years due to streaming services movies aren't worth anything now, who buys dvds and blu-rays I, like i do but not but it's like I buy, I buy marvel movies like I buy yeah, star specific, wars movies specific things where yeah. i used to just go out and buy movies all the time i'd yeah. go to the five dollar bin at walmart and go home with five movies and that would be my entertainment for the next couple weeks where because of video streaming services because of no one buys cds other than me because i refuse to get music streaming services but music isn't worth anything to anyone anymore and we're getting to the point where video games is going to be like that it's all a commodity that's a subscription based thing and this is nintendo actually getting with the trends throughout the gaming industry as we see game pass being really popular with xbox and we see things like this coming about for the pc it's nintendo actually being with the times opposed to them doing something an old school way and i think that's at least worth talking about because we criticize nintendo so much for being nintendo at times no that's a very good point very good point you want to ask Jazzy? Jazzy, you got anything to say? I will as the gladly least guy? double what I am putting into my Nintendo subscription oh, you're right not now to for get Nintendo it. Online, are you? So that'd be double of zero. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. a terrible person. Why I, we, why? I could see, I could see the points that you guys made, but for me, it's just none of this is over the top for me. To where it's like, if I want to play an NES game or an SNES game, I'm just going to call up when you guys come over and, and, and sit down on the couch and play with you guys. It's not something I'm going to sit down and play myself. So to me, the value is not there. To me, the value is I know I can go somewhere and play this with somebody if if I want to. So, you know, for me, it's a, it's a hot pass. I'm also more interested in, like, um, the N64, like, so- software hitting the Switch than I am a physical box. Because I just, how do you make an N64 game look good on a big TV? Or you won't. You won't. It's not possible. They're watching Sony fail at that right now. Right. So to me, it's like if I could play GoldenEye on my Switch screen, it is probably playable compared to my big screen TV where I'm going to have eye cancer. So... That's that's my whole thing is why why I'm also leaning to the and I'm a physical person like I like to I like to buy games I like collecting things I still think it's a it's a smarter uh, 
position to go towards the Switch at this point. And Nintendo's going to eventually realize that people don't have as many HDMI inputs on their TV. People who want to have everything hooked up at all time. Yeah. I got my NES Classic. I got my Super NES Classic. Yeah. I bought an HDMI switcher. Now I got my NES N64 Classic. Like, yeah. man, you don't have that. Like, yeah. no I'm one. Already, I want to play the SNES Classic. Just hit the J switch over there. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I already think that's living the SNES. that problem. I'm already living that problem. All right, topic number two. The Division 2 is coming to Epic Game Store instead of Steam. So... The war on digital game stores continues, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, that Epic, the Epic Store seemed very promising. They were offering developers more money. They, you know, they were um, trying to bring in gamers by offering free games and, and really just building this, this really cool community and ecosystem that uh, benefits pretty much everybody. Right. And so, and the one big thing we said was, Epic needs to secure some big games and really start to build out momentum on top of Fortnite. You already got Fortnite, and and so here we go with Ubisoft being that first. I like if we would have. I think we did maybe ask this like who what would we think would come to this store? It wasn't the Division Two. It never was going to be the Division Two. One of the biggest games for 2019 for sure. And here we are. Ubisoft is bringing the Division Two exclusively uh, to. Epic's game store and Ubisoft's own store. So just so you understand that, like they are still selling it within their own digital store, but as far as a like community Steam, uh, Epic, uh, Discord has their own store now. The only place you're gonna be able to get is Epic. Which the big bold like wording here is it's not coming to Steam. Yeah, like not. that's the big takeaway from this is yeah. Steam is not getting the Division Two. Yeah. And and just to clarify, Division One was on Steam. So um this is a shift for Ubisoft. Uh they must you know, I and there's not a ton of like quotes or anything in here about the move from Ubisoft or Epic necessarily, but this is a move because I think they clearly saw opportunity here. They want to try to ride those coattails of Fortnite. They are going to be this cooperative shooter that has some shared aspects to, as Fortnite would as far as just a fun multiplayer game. And the the player base that sits on Epic Games could, Bigly. could very can very much shift to a game like The Division. Well, it's super smart, I think, for Ubisoft, too, because of the tools that Epic's going to give them as well. Which, who did I pick uh, yeah. a couple a couple shows ago? I said Ubisoft would be one of those people that could potentially uh, look into the, using yeah. some of Epic's tools that the they Division offered for one free. was a, a shit show at launch. They completely flipped and built that game out to be one of the most successful games, yeah. you know, of that genre of game, yep. and now they're at the point of what do they do? Well, hey, if we take it over to Epic, we could basically cross-platform Division Two, and and make it what everybody wants. Like, can you imagine Division Two cross-platform? That'd be huge for not only the community but for Ubisoft itself. Yeah. And then Epic's winning out of all of it because basically they have the ability for Ubisoft to potentially to potentially tell all these other developers like, you guys are idiots if you don't come over here. Look at all this great stuff we got. Yep. Do we know? Does the division two have a battle royale mode? I don't think it's been verified. 
that, it, that there's a that there's a battle royale. How long mode. before the game comes out? When is uh, it? March and er, so I feel like middle of March. Yeah, middle. Yeah, I feel like we would have heard about it. I feel like for them to be on the Epic Game Store, it would be stupid for them not to have a battle royale mode to try to get like, hey, you like Fortnite battle royale? How about this one? Right, exactly. I um, but I, I haven't heard anything about battle royale in in Division Two. Hmm. I'm not gonna play it either way. I was just curious. They have yeah. a very unique multiplayer aspect in the Dark Zone themselves, so they might just be banking on continuing to grow that. Like doing their own thing as opposed to just copying what's popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. the dark the dark zone and their multiplayer aspect is very unique, and it was and and it, they saw a lot of success with it uh, on on Division One. So it will be interesting to see what this what this new version of the dark zone uh, is like, and like and because it's a kind of a separate area, there's no there's no reason they couldn't at a later date say, cool, now there is some sort of mini battle royale mode built into the dark zone but uh, i think it's interesting and it's a big move nothing we need to you know continue to talk about but epic epic game store definitely a, a good uh, a good good job there this is what they needed did i what do you feel about this how do you feel what, what, what does it say in your loins right now about this acquisition I think it's cool. I'm not a huge Steam fan, so to see Epic Game Store get a little bit of momentum, not that I'm probably, it's not going to turn me into a PC gamer all of a sudden, but I, I like seeing successful competition, and I think this is a big first step for the Epic Game Store. So yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me. And I think the, the last thing, too, is that Ubisoft did come out and say that this is just the beginning. Uh, we're, the, the Division 2 will be on this on the Epic Store, but, but it won't be just Division 2. We will be bringing other games to Epic's game store. So, looks like they got a partner. All right. Patreon news topic of the week. Every week, our patrons get to vote. And for this very special month of January, everybody gets to vote. Everybody gets to vote. Because, it's just like America. Because every because a friendly reminder that all of our perks on Patreon.com slash Media are free and public to everyone for the month. Even so, if you're a felon, you can vote. Yeah, but if you're a felon and not supposed to be on a computer, probably don't do that. Then you don't vote. Yep. But, also, there are still rules to voting in America, so technically not everyone gets to vote. Yeah, not really. <laughs> All, right. All right, reel it in, guys, okay? Reel I mean, it I in. Th- we we want to go off the rails now. <laughs> Jesse, no, we, we go. don't. We go, someone get the traded here. We're going off the rails. Anyways, <laughs> everyone gets to vote this month, but all you got to do Every Monday, you go over to patreon.com slash Media. you look for that post that says, help influence Gamesville Podcast, and you will see some options that you can vote on for this news topic. This week, World of Warcraft lost. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to say anything else about it, because then we're going to have to talk about it, and I'm not going to do it. I refuse, because that's the rules. But... Thank you for sticking to the rules. The winner is the rumors and information leaking about a Verizon video game streaming service. And it is already being tested on the NVIDIA Shield. Do you still own an NVIDIA Shield? I do not. That that got returned quickly. (laughs) Yeah. So um, Verizon is in alpha testing for this streaming service, and they, they... uh, it, it got leaked from Verizon, sorry, named Verizon Gaming and was leaked through an exclusive, exclusive report from The Verge. Um, and then basically there's they're advertising this in a weird way. 
and again, this is through the leak, through the Verge, but there is whoever they're sending this to for the NVIDIA Shield set top box owners that are that are testing this, they are currently 135 games involved so far and can be played with uh, Xbox One controllers. And they want to push this not just to the NVIDIA Shield, but to Android phones and, and other, other um, devices as well. But... The interesting part of this, if you're listening and you and you kind of want to see if maybe you can get in on the testing, is that Ryzen has been recruiting participants in the testing, uh, offering the Nvidia Shield and an X, by offering them an Nvidia Shield and Xbox One controller for free, plus the login details of the service, and then testers who complete the program will then receive a hundred and fifty dollar Amazon gift card. Nice. So they're literally giving you the equipment, letting giving you the uh, assert the service, and then gifting you a, a a gift card for Amazon if you complete whatever their program is. Now, it, this does get a little weird though because the uh, the Nvidia Shield, which they give to you, the testers, the Verizon Gaming is pre-installed, and so all of this leak is coming from. Someone that had that had a de- that had the device, and the weird thing was is that the screenshots that we, that the Verge saw were Fortnite, Destiny Two, Battlefield Five, Red Dead Redemption Two, and God of War. Hmm, that's, so that's unusual. Yeah, the weird thing about the last two that we just rattled off though is that God of War obviously is a PlayStation exclusive. I can't imagine Sony is going to let God of War go play on some streaming service that's not PlayStation Now, their own streaming service. But Red Dead Redemption 2 is not even out on the PC yet. Yet, Why? Yet you can, I I don't know, you're going to have to ask Rockstar on that one because they're still still trying to figure out their deal with Epic Game Store. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, so... It's possible that some of these uh, some of these games are just like uh, you know screen ho- or placeholders, but this kind of like chimes into me. It's not the same, but I go back to this whole Soldier Boy thing where we're looking at these systems and the Tomb Raider and stuff is just sitting there, and it's like it's clearly like there's no way your system should be playing these games. It's the same thing, but this is Verizon. Like, I just feel like this is too big of a of a screw up or too big of a overlook. Like, to to sit there and say, oh, um, well, yeah, God of War won't be there, but we were just we were just putting there as a placeholder because God of War is not going to be on Verizon Gaming. There's no way. Nobody. I don't care if you're Xbox, if you're Sony or Nintendo. There's not going to be any exclusive game that's going to be going to some streaming service by Verizon. I don't care how much money Verizon wants to offer them. Mario is not coming to Verizon Gaming. Halo is not coming to Verizon Gaming. And God of War sure as hell isn't either. But maybe Halo. Xbox X- Xbox wheel and deal. <laughs> Xbox is struggling. So what's Phil wheel and deal? So what's someone to Verizon call to, me? Phil's, Phil's down to try anything. So what's the difference in what Verizon Gaming is going to be to say like Facebook Gaming? Isn't Facebook Facebook. gaming like a... That's like Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. What what, what Jazzy meant to say is what's the difference between what Verizon's doing to like Amazon or Google's gaming platform? It's the same idea. That's what you meant, Jazzy, right? It was like Amazon and Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
There, I mean, so yeah, obviously we and we just talked about this, right? And try and give credit to Nintendo for actually trying something that's in the here and now is this new games as a service and 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 street and not not even downloading the game, you're just streaming it because now you're talking about an Android phone that cannot run. Could cannot run any of these games. I just chat that. I just well, I guess I shouldn't say that Fortnite it can run, but okay. Red Dead Redemption 2 is not going to run on an Android phone, <laughs> it can barely run on some of the current con- consoles. So, my thing is this is this is that idea that over the data, over your data plan, you're going to stream this game on your Android phone using an Xbox controller and play it. And is this that play into the 5G network and how it's going to support it, which then leads me to question, what type of data plans are we getting? Because I don't think I could be streaming Red Dead Redemption 2 very long on my current data plan. And I don't think it's going to look very good. It's probably not going to run very well. So, you know, that that this is an interesting situation because now you're talking, you're not talking about Google. You're not talking about Amazon. You're talking about Verizon, an actual provider of that serv- of that cellular service. Do you think they would use this as an upgrade to unlimited customers? I 100% believe that Verizon Gaming is going to start getting bundled into these contracts that you're signing. So now you're going to get a family plan. And you're going to be like, well, how many kids are you? How many of these phones are going to your kids? Okay, would you like to add in Verizon Gaming to these three phones for X amount of more money per per you know two years of your contract? It's the same, yeah. A hundred percent, they're going to use this as a an upsell or 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 whatever. Or this is another thing where it's like, um, the iPads or well, not iPad. Right now, it's Android devices. But anyways, the tablets and things like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, we'll give you a free tablet if you upgrade to the Verizon Signing Gaming two year yeah. deal with Verizon Gaming. Yeah, they stuck. It's me like with the that. broadband card, man. Man, broadband <laughs> cards. Man, we'll give you this free tablet. We just got to sign a two year deal on broadband card. <laughs> broadband cards. Yep, yep. So that test that used to be your bread and butter back when you were in the phone game. Man, I think it still might be like <laughs> that's transcended mobile phone planning. You still want to sell people a stupid hotspot they don't need. <laughs> Man, I haven't heard about a broadband card. In the, I'm having PTSD about broadband <laughs> cards. But um, yeah, I so I I definitely think that this is a. Uh, this is a, a move to for service for, for added service for sure. I just don't understand how it's not going to be a giant pile of crap. And the games that you're rambling off, it's like, first of all, Destiny Two, Fortnite, Battlefield. These are all AAA big games, like GPU heavy, like graphically intense. And you're talking about streaming these, which I did run the. Assassin's Creed Odyssey via the Google's Google streaming service as a test. And when I was at my house with, with fantastic internet, it ran very well. When I was at work, it was unplayable. Need, <laughs> need I remind you about Assassin's Creed Odyssey on the Nintendo Switch on Japanese servers <laughs> yes. while at work? Yes. Unplayable. It was super playable at four frames per second. <laughs> <laughs> and these are internet connections that aren't considered terrible. Like, they're not bad, but there's still just, there's no way. So, I don't know. I, this is this is uh, interesting. It has been the most, like, and again, it's a leak. It's from Verge. Um, but the fact that this is coming from testers, this does seem very viable. But my thing is, 
it's also been one of the services that kind of told us the most so far. Amazon is very still rumored. Like Amazon hasn't necessarily came out and, and officially said anything. Google has told us just enough and given us this one game to sample. Um, but that's about it. And over here, we don't have Verizon actually coming out and saying anything, but because they've given so much to their testers, we're, we're getting a better look at what they're trying to do. And I mean, 135 games right out the gate with, with titles like we just rambled off is not, um, you know, this isn't a ooh yeah. This isn't, this isn't a bunch of old indie games just being recycled again. This is AAA current that supposedly is going to be coming to your phone. Or your little, or your little streaming, de- uh, you know, he- device that sits by your TV, like the Nvidia Shield, which then all of a sudden, can they start carrying Xbox next generation Xboxes? Let's, <coughs> it's let's just it. more for Verizon to sell. On it their is, end, right? You're gonna walk in and be like, I need to upgrade my phone. They're gonna be like, Yeah, do you want a tablet? What kind of data plan do you want? Uh, do you want a gaming service? Uh, you you should really upgrade your controller. Oh, we got pro gaming controllers through Verizon now. We got like there's just more stuff for them to sell you and confuse people to into buying out the gate. You're 100 percent right, but uh, holiday season, how easy would it be to go into a Verizon and say, Here's your free Xbox? whatever you're going to call it because it's the Xbox Scarlet is a code name right now. Here's your free Xbox Scarlet that's a streaming device. It's the cheaper version that they're talking about. Here it is. It's yours. You just got to sign a two-year Verizon gaming deal. And because and even though Xbox has Game Pass and you, they have their own thing, is it, all of a sudden do we start seeing these services cross over each other and now you're picking and choosing if you want Hulu or Netflix style uh, of streaming service. So you mean to say all I got to do is get Verizon Gaming and Nintendo Switch app for Verizon Gaming and I can play God of War on my Nintendo Switch. That's a, at this point yes, that's what they're saying. I like that. According according Sign to Sign me up. Yep. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2 on the Switch. I'm on it. <laughs> The uh, face of Switch just blew up because he could play anything on his Switch. I don't want to play Red Dead Redemption at all. All these services are going to rely on the 5G network, and, and the 5G network has to come out, it has to roll out, and and really show us something like a, a great increase in in speeds and, and ability. But um, I, I don't care if it's Google, Amazon, Verizon. You know, it, it's going to rely on this next generation of wireless communication. And we've yet to really see anything as far as, you know, the true potential of 5G yet. So it's still, I think, a little far away, but it feels like these services are, are ahead of the 5G network, which is weird. That make us t-shirts now, boys. Get ahead of the game. Sprint gaming. Because, you know, if Ryzen does it, Sprint's going to be right back. In them. 2084. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I, I said ahead of the game. <laughs> I was ride or die with Sprint for some years, so they, they better be calling me. We just need WiMAX in our area. <laughs> All right. Topic number four, our last topic of the day, and that is some big news. Bungie splits with Activision. Oh! <gasps> That's right. Activision and Bungie are officially no more. Uh, Bungie and Activision are parting ways after entering a 10-year agreement back in 2010. Um, Bungie will maintain the publishing rights to the Destiny franchise. So Activision, we don't have the details, but Activision is basically letting Bungie walk away with their IP. Uh, Press the wrong button. 
Now, I don't have the divorce court music, so we'll have to go with the snake court music. You think you don't think this is going to be messy? You think they're letting them off clean? I think there's money involved, and I think it's not clean, but I think Activision wants out of this deal as much as Bungie wants to get away from the horrible Activision that we've we've been hearing about for years now. And, and why everything's been a failure and why all these problems are happening. And of course, when this news hit, we had rejoice, right? We had all these people that were like, yeah, congratulations, Bungie. You did it. You did it. You saved Destiny 2. You saved the Destiny franchise. And this is where I'm, I'm just going to... I know Tess doesn't have a whole lot to say. I'm sure Jazzy will chime in. And I think that I'll have a few points. But right now, I am going to stick it to all you gamers, okay? I am so fucking tired of all of you sucking Bungie's dick nonstop, okay? Like, Bungie has fucked up so many times, that you people still sit here and go, oh, well, it was Microsoft's fault. Oh, well, it was Activision's fault. Oh, well, it was Luke Smith's fault. Oh, well, it was that guy's fault that doesn't know how to write even though we hired him as a writer. Get the fuck, get it through your fucking head. I don't care if, you were, if you're too young right now and you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast if you are too young well, to have played Halo, but that was when Bungie knew what the fuck they were doing and then Halo 3 happened and then Halo 4 happened and then Destiny happened and then Destiny 2 happened and it's like, fuck up, fuck up, fuck up. Oh, and yeah, another fuck up. And you're still sitting here being like, well, it was active. Now the Activision's gone. They're going to, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And no, it's not. It's going to be the same problem it's always been. Poor writing, shallow, shallow game with, and yeah, maybe they can fix the grinding. Maybe they can add in, they can get rid of some of the microtransactions, but they're self-publishing now. They're an independent company, you guys. They have to make money in order to publish a game on any scale even close to any game they've ever made before because they've always had a sugar daddy that would pay their bills for them. And let's not forget, they were just given $100 million from Tencent, okay? They're still sellouts. They're not an independent company. They just own Destiny's franchise now that they continue to that they can continue to go fuck up. So until they prove me otherwise, you're all wrong. And sitting here cheering them on, I, I'm done with them. I've been done with them. And them separating themselves from one, you know, one deep pocket doesn't mean they don't go run off and find another deep pocket. That when all of a sudden Destiny 3 comes around, Tencent goes, we'll give you $500 million. And Bungie's like, okay, let's sign a 10-year deal. Because that's what Bungie does. They got into a deal with Microsoft, they got upset, they wanted to leave, they gave them Halo and left. They got they made Destiny, they they made the deal with Activision, they got upset, and this time though they held on to Destiny because it's the only thing they have left, and they ran away. So like I'm sorry that you think that they are some like messiah that that has that has really shown the video game world that you should just be your own company and and the self-publishing is great i have no faith in them and this means absolutely nothing until they can prove us prove to us that activision actually was the major problem here because i really do not believe it was 
I've just been reading tweets and, and articles and all these things of people just praising them like like this is this is the answer. This will fix it all. And it's like, you guys don't understand, this could be the death of Destiny 2. It will be. This could literally... They're not going to continue on wait, with Destiny 2. Wait a second. Are we concerned with the life of something that's been on life support for a year? Yeah. It's well, dead. The to, game's to, been yeah. dead. We're, like, I don't even understand why we'd be talking about... The, the potential remaining life of Destiny 2, because I think in the eyes of the gaming community as a whole, it is dead. Yeah. No one plays it. And their and they're big talk about like leaving and, and getting Destiny, it's like, there was two years left to your contract. It wasn't five years. It wasn't eight years left. To your, there was two. 48 months left to your contract. You literally, all you had to do was release your, your remaining DLC to fulfill your contract. There was no, there was nothing else major that you had had a deal with Activision that required you to do anything. So you had your DLC left, and that was it. Your contract was going to be up anyway. So you left a little early. You turned your lease in a little bit early, and now you're walking away with your game, thinking you're going to do something with it. And my problem is, is like, yeah, they did come out and say. We're going to give you the DLC that we told you about. The roadmap that we already laid out is going to be fulfilled. And we're excited to tell you about what's beyond. That's the same bullshit they've always been feeding us. Like, we're going to fix this somewhere around here where my hand is. I know there's no calendar or date over here, but it's going to be right around here where my hand is. And uh, and then we're going to tell you how we're really going to fix it after that. Just bear with us. Just hold on. Okay, just hold on. The Gallahorn's coming back. Like I just like I'm done, man. I am done. So like I just to me, you're right. The game's uh, the game is is already dead, and and they have to try to figure out how to limp their way to a Destiny three if that is their intention. Which it seems like why would you hold on to this IP if you if if you weren't going to do anything with it? Um, because it definitely costs you something to hold on to this IP. And I mean, I I just don't know. Like they have made. Bad deal after bad deal. They're in like the entire time that I've known Bungie. Why do you think now that they have their own self control over one franchise, mind you, not their not everything else they're doing because ten cents involved and they have they have other deals going on. That do you think Bungie is suddenly going to be this perfect company that's going to do everything right? And if Activision is so god awful. How come we're, how come all the other success around Activision games is clearly visible? Like everybody's just shaping Activision into this EA. They're EA. They're EA. BioWare is about to launch Anthem, and it has the most it has more hype than Destiny Two, I think, almost ever did. So, again, like I'm tired of people pointing fingers at just an easy target, even though they have no idea what they're talking about. I'm not saying Activision is innocent. In this situation, Activision has done some stupid things. A lot of publishers have in the past couple of years, but to to not put blame on Bungie or to or to put them on this pedestal again, how many opportunities are you going to give these people to disappoint you? Just stand back and watch it, and make them work for you. Make them prove they deserve to be there. Stop the! I'm just tired of the praise. So one thing, you know, again, this is the second time I'm gonna pair. I'm gonna talk about comparisons between the gaming industry and other media industries that that is a trend. So in gaming, 
it's really common for gaming fans to blame the publisher for issues. Just like in music, it's everyone blames the record label for things. And in films, everyone blames the movie studio for these decisions that fans find unsavory because they just latch onto their artists, their creators, their developers so much that it's hard to, they, they get blinded to, to see that someone who was actually at the base level of creating something was making bad decisions as well. But one of my things that I, I was quick to blame Activision for, that you did bring up a good point about that maybe has swayed me. I've always been like, but yeah, the way this content is released, the schedule, the paywalls, the pricing, to me, I was like, that all seems like a publisher thing. But then you point out, can I think of another Activision game that has a similar release system to, to Destiny? Off the top of my head, I can't. Which then makes me think exactly what you're saying. It goes right back to Bungie. I mean, you can look at let's look at Call of Duty right now, and they have microtransactions. They have, but but they have a battle pass, which is very which they copied Fortnite into, right? And so, and and we've seen a lot of people do that. We we have um, um, why is my why is my mind going blank? Oh, uh, Overwatch. Again, there's a loot system there, but you're telling me Blizzard didn't figure that. Like, Blizzard runs Overwatch, mm -hmm. okay? Like, and I know Activision is involved. Is is there's ownership there, but still, like, think of Blizzard and think of all of their IPs and tell me something plays like Destiny. Bungie was involved in this. You don't write a giant story in Destiny One, and then let your publisher go, oh, rip it all up, and then not not put it back together. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. That story was broken from the get-go. That story made no sense from the get-go. Yeah. It's just a, it's a I think it's both sides. Here's here's my hopes. I'm not disagreeing with you because I believe you're I believe you're right. My hopes are Bungie came into this with with a a shitty story and a, a shitty way to tell it. Activision realized, "Oh shit, we're not going to make any money off this because nobody's going to buy it." So then they're for, trying to push Bungie into making something that Bungie doesn't want to make. Which is going to be more crap, anyways. So there's probably some loophole in the in the contract where Bungie's just like, "Yeah, hey, we're just going to keep putting out this whatever and wait out our contract." And Activision's finally like, "Well, we can't bleed anymore." Well, see ya. And then Bungie, I guess they're they're I want to say net ease. It's not ten cent. Keep right out of this. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> but um, they have this net ease company that is supposedly supposed to I guess come in and save the day and. You re rewrite the story of Bungie? No, because that's a mobile deal. Yeah, it. I don't know. It, the the whole thing's interesting to me because of yeah, Netty, all, cause, sorry, because of the Gamezilla community. I was the the first person to be like, yeah, I don't really know if I like the road we're going down here because yeah. I only bought the base Destiny 2 game, and I didn't buy into the expansions, the season pass, I didn't buy any of the DLC, I didn't continue on, because to me, Bungie's like, we're going to redeem ourselves with Destiny 2. Destiny 2 came out, and I liked it less than Destiny 1. So... You weren't missing much, it was Destiny 1. <laughs> but, but it seemed worse, it was less fun to me. So... Uh, it, it it makes it hard. I didn't buy into Destiny Two full board, so it makes me hard. It, it makes it hard for me to continue to be excited about a potential Destiny Three. I can't imagine I would buy it after being so disappointed with the second game, regardless of whose fault that was. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, and and so, I mean, I don't I don't know. Jez, you're right, and and Activision came out and already like 
this was kind of what started the rumors before the announcement actually hit was that Activision took uh, had their quarterly review and they they uh, projected low. Okay, they 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 lost money and they blamed Forsaken, the the big expansion for Destiny Two that was supposed to fix everything. They put a lot of the blame on the sales of that, and then Activision bounced back on social media saying, "We are proud of Forsaken, and we know that we what we made for our game yeah, for the, our the, fans, our Destiny fans, yeah, love our it. fans and all this stuff." So like like there was already kind of a clash right at that moment. And so there was already two groups not seeing eye to eye there. And the separation may be, may be in mutual, but at the same time, to blame, like there's been so much blame thrown at Activision. It's like, how, and I guess, do none of us truly know how much a, a producing company like Activision is in, like, it has their hands in on the developer? But, it, you know, a lot of the development. For this, for Destiny was was already started and being worked on before the deal was even made with Activision. What we do know is part of that ten year uh, contract did involve incremental releases. It did involve part of the schedule and maybe even the financing of the way this game was chunked out and episodically put out to the fans, which is one of my biggest issues with the franchise. And so we do know that that was part of Bungie's agreement. They had to adhere to that schedule. Now, who knows if that was Bungie's original intent or not, but that was part of the deal. And we do know that from previous articles uh, closer to the time that Destiny 2 came out. So, you know, who knows if that was Activision saying, these are our terms if you'd like us to publish your game. Or if this was just Bungie like, hey, here's what we plan on doing. And they're like, great. Let's let's write it all down. Let's make it official to the contract. I, I don't know. We, so no, then, none of us in the room can know. That. So then my question would be: Does Bungie cut the cord on Destiny? No. no. Do they do they create something else? Why would they have kept Destiny then? Because they could have got away. Like Activision, there's still value to the Destiny IP. So if they would have let Activision have it, just like they they let Microsoft have Halo, right? Is that? Activision, they they probably could have broke away from Activision for maybe maybe they would have left with money instead of had to pay pay something because they didn't break a two year contract, take their IP and and not have to pay a penalty. Right. There's no way, and we won't. We may never know what it was, but there's no way they walked away from that. So, um, but you know the the thing about the losing the money and everything is that is that everyone knows the state of destiny i think everyone knows that destiny is in a, is in the worst spot it's probably ever been as far as just player base and just and just image right damaged image um i loved bungie and i still do i still like there's still a they're a developer that i've that has they are important they have an important place in my heart in my gaming history and they always will but i finally hit that wall with destiny 2 where i go i cannot keep forgiving this company for these just blind mistakes it was not activision's decision to change the things that happened in destiny 2 versus right. the end of destiny 1 that's a developer's decision that that we saw because what like like I, you can't blame Activision for that, and if that's the case, then the second this deal is final, and they're separated and they have their IP, they need to get on social media, get on, have have a have a a stream or what, however they want to show it off, get on stage E three, and just blast Activision and say, 
all of this was because of Activision. We wanted to do A, B, and C, and we're bringing it to this next patch. And then you know what? I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to insert my foot into my mouth. Bungie's back. Like, But right now, I can't do that because I have no faith in this company. They have not gotten out of their own way in yeah. how many years? It's that, We're not talking about time. Destiny 2. Ten, we're talking about ten years? multiple <laughs> games in an eight-year span that has had a, cu- a couple, only a couple peaks, and everything else has been a valley. Dear Bungie, Partner with somebody that knows what the hell they're doing in the MMO scene. Create, go, just go back to Destiny. Don't, not even Destiny 3. Destiny, the MMORPG that you could just keep adding content to continually. And we've linked our Bungie accounts from the beginning. So give us all our shit back from day one. Cause you know you can. So a lot of people are getting pissed <laughs> because it's like all your shit from Destiny 1, you don't get. If Bungie cuts Destiny 2 and they make Destiny 3, all your shit from Destiny 2, you don't get. Like, Well, I'm going to call my shot now. The third Destiny game is going to be called Destiny Redemption or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, it's not even going to be a number. Yeah, and I want to correct myself. I did say Halo 4. I meant uh, Halo ODST. I always I think of it as 4, but they did Halo ODST and they did Halo Reach. I really liked Halo, Halo ODST. Yeah, and they did, and they did Halo Reach. That's Halo, the first yeah. thing I've had to say here. So, um, Halo 4 was 343. So, I just wanted to clarify that as I was rambling off of the games. But, um, I don't know. I just, for me, Destiny came out in 2014. And I liked it until I hit the level cap. And then there, and then there was, it was a mess. And then they fixed it with the Taken King. And the Taken King was that, was that peak that I talked about. And then everything else after that got messy again. Um, they did add certain modes that we had been requesting, but by then it had been years that we had been requesting it. And so we finally got it at the end of the life of the game. And then the next game comes out in 2017 and it doesn't have those modes. Yeah. And that's the biggest, the biggest thing that they added to the destiny original game was matchmaking and PVP and (laughs) Destiny two didn't have it. And if you want to blame Activision because you, because of destiny two and how it played more to the casual gamer than it did the, the, the diehard, you know, that's, that's the big comparison of destiny, you know, destiny one, you had a, you sunk time into it and you felt like because you sunk time into it, you, you earned something that other people couldn't get unless they put that time in. Well, Destiny 2 was all of a sudden no you can be a casual gamer and still get these 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 weapons and these items so then the 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 thought you know sought after like items became the eververse items right like the micro it it, it put it, a, a fake spotlight on the microtransaction side of the game which was never supposed to happen and mm-hmm. and so here we are with that and you can and that part of it, you could, you, I, I'm sure you could probably point at Activision, but it still doesn't answer all of the mishaps in the game development of the grindiness, all the weird materials you all of a sudden need. Then you, then they try to make, simplify it so that people weren't all upset about having to like grind 18 hours so that they could upgrade one item. Yeah. And then they go and they, they, they fix that. Everyone seems to be happy about it. And then Forsaken comes out and they reverse it. And it's just like they don't, to me, it always looked like Bungie was almost like just, just grabbing out of a bucket and just whatever they pulled they ran with it and it was like 
They, they, even though they had a community that they could definitely pull information from, it didn't seem like they were because every time you'd go to that same community, they'd be like, WTF, why did you do that? No one wanted this. I hated how the grindiness led you to the same result, too. Yeah. Like you were you know, bought a loot box and you got 40 of these tokens and you were able to upgrade your gun. And I, I spent 14 hours grinding out 40 of these tokens and then my gun was the exact same upgrade as your gun. Like, yeah. I couldn't even select which way I wanted to build it. Like, and they got rid of random gun rolls. So, like, yeah. you would sit, we would sit there in Destiny 1 and play Iron Banner for hours. Getting the same gun. I'd have I'd have 10 of the same gun. They'd all have different rolls on them. I was going for that, per, trying to get that perfect roll. That whole aspect of the game was gone when they decided to say, well, when this gun drops, it has these stats always. And it was like, well, that, Okay, cool. Um, I have to wait for the next DLC because I got what I want and there's no reason to try to get more other than just me wanting to play the game, which unfortunately got boring because the game wasn't fun. That is not Activision's fault. Yeah, they <laughs> Bungie took a game that I, I enjoyed and they released a sequel to it that simply wasn't very fun. Yeah, so. I, I would have bought into some of the DLC and stuff. Had the game been fun? It wasn't. Yeah. Yep. Not as much as the first one, anyway. That's huh. crazy to think with all the with all the ups and downs that the first one had. Yeah. Uh, and I played a lot of Destiny too, and people were like, "How how, how do you like it?" And my response was always, "It's it's Destiny. I like Destiny. I'm not gonna praise it and say that it's good. I'm not gonna like dump it in the can because I just like the whole lore and story behind Destiny. But it's nothing special. Like if you're looking for this breakout game, like We've told Deadite multiple times, like, this is this game ain't for you. Don't buy it. <laughs> I like the world of Destiny. Right. Or the universe of Destiny. The lore is a mess. The stories have been weak or or, or complete garbage. And overall, I mean, the, the universe of Destiny, if they were to make a movie tomorrow, I'd, I'd give them my money because I like the universe of Destiny. But my, my problem is, is that they just haven't done anything with it. And that's hard to believe if you're going to sit there and say Bungie's as good as they are. How have they not done anything with it that's been anything past mediocre? All right. Let us know your thoughts. You can hop into the Discord, gameslamedia.com, right on the homepage. Click that Discord button. It's free. Talk with gamers from around the world. You can hop into the gaming general chat, the first-person shooter chat is that a chat still nah yeah yeah that's gone that's gone uh the gaming general chat and we can talk more about what you think of destiny uh maybe you think i'm wrong and you really think this is going to be the uh the the move that bungie needed to make to save destiny um and we can talk more about it there that's been our attack on the news for these topics and much more you can hit the blog and uh right over at gameslimity.com and read all sorts of stuff that we're talking about Revolving around games. Uh, I don't. Do we need? I don't think we need muster bus. So let's just get into some emails. The FBI has just sent a letter to games informing them that they have discovered new emails. Downloading emails from gamesellandmedia.com. All right, you have written your emails. And I have them here in front of me in the info at gamezillamedia.com. 
inbox. So if you want gaming questions answered, it's that easy. Just email info at gamezillamedia.com. And uh, if I like your question, well, then you have a shot at having it read right here on the Gamezilla podcast. And we had a couple friends of the show send in some questions this week, and we're going we're gonna to read a couple of these off. So the first one is from good friend of the show, Button Masher Caleb. With next gen coming, most likely holiday 2020, do you think dev slash publishers will push for an increase in the AAA $60 game price? If so, which company do you think will be the first to implement at this new price? And then a follow up with subscriptions and streaming rumors. So much could change in the future. But just going by what we know now, game on, boys. BMC. No one's going to do it. Yeah. Because everyone's scared. Yep. PlayStation's in the lead. They're 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 not going to do it. And Xbox. There's no way Microsoft does it because they're already battling, just trying to keep up. They, you know, this is this refresh. This this next generation is Microsoft's chance to kind of start back at zero and have another run at being king. And they're not going to do the same thing they did years back, where they where they were going to talk about, you know, um, locking down games and you can't share games and like they're not going to take that chance to say our games are eighty dollars and PlayStations are only are only sixty. Why why give Sony that type of advantage? The the future is services. The future is microtransactions and DLC. They will. Xbox and them have found a way with Game Pass and all these other services. That's where they're going to make their money. the The disc is going. The disc has to stay where it's at. Not to mention that anybody paying any sort of attention to single player games over the last three years, it's foolish to think that you've gotten your full game for sixty dollars because you get the thirty dollar DLC or the fifteen dollar DLC or even the one dollar DLC. Anything, yep. and you know they say, well, the whole, there's a whole game on the cart and they're giving you more. Well, no, they could have just postponed the game for three months and put that that extra cart, the content right on the cart, but they didn't. So, I mean, anybody who's played Spider-Man and bought the DLC, was it $30 for the season pass? 30 bucks, yeah. Okay, good. There's your $90 game. Breath of the Wild was an $80 game. Smash Brothers Ultimate, that's an $85 game. Like, all of these games, you know, if you're happy with what's on the cart, then good for you. But realistically, games have cost more than $60. They're just hiding it by pay some now and, and pay more later. Destiny 1 and 2, $1,272. <laughs> I think I think that sums up the question pretty well. Test is correct by saying that uh, they're already more expensive. They just hide it from you. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next question. It's from Sci-Fi AJ, a.k.a. Baxit Baby. You. All right. He's got three questions queued up, and he said we can pick our favorites. So we're going to do them all. Big time stuff. Okay. First question. Who are the three most recognizable Nintendo characters? Mario. Pikachu. Link. Samus. Not Samus. <laughs> not Samus. I mean, Mario, Pikachu, and Link. I've been thinking about that. I've been marinating on most this. Most recognizable but what about Mario? overall? I'd Mario. say Mario, Luigi, Donkey Kong. Uh, yeah. I think Pikachu is more recognizable than Luigi. Or Donkey Kong. Yeah, you're probably right because, like, think about so like Mario, if, Pikachu, Donkey Kong. If you showed if you showed a picture of like Luigi to a mom, they'd be like, "Is that Green Mario?" That's Green Mario, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Where well, they true. might know Pikachu. I I like the answers of Mario, Donkey Kong, and Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah, I and agree. and then Samus after Link and Luigi. Samus and... is way down. I know. <laughs> 
She's yeah. number, one. number one for me. What is that, RoboCop? Right, right. <laughs> Damn Link's, it! Link's number four, but sixty percent of the people are going to say that's Zelda, right? I'd like, put Yoshi oh up there too, though. Yeah, Yoshi's, Yoshi's pretty, pretty recognizable. Yeah, but I think I think those are the three: Mario, Pikachu, Donkey Kong. Probably it. Probably it. All right. <laughs> the follow-up question: Who are the three most recognizable Pokemon? Pikachu, Charizard, Pikachu, and Pikachu. And then is Mewtwo next? Man, is Eevee more recognizable than Mewtwo? My, uh, Eevee has gained a lot of momentum recently, recently. but I, I don't. I think overall, no. I don't know if Mewtwo. Mewtwo could just look like a sci-fi alien thing yeah. from anything. Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. He throws Kamehamehas. Yeah, I don't want any of that. And he charges up into Mega Mewtwo Y and Mega Mewtwo X. <laughs> Mew. I don't want any of that. I'll scream I think louder. The three I'll, originals, I'll, I'll just mute everything. I think the three original starters, Pikachu's number one. And then well, Charizard's number two. Charizard over Charmander, but Squirtle and Bulbasaur, I'd probably say, are pretty mm. up there, too. Not Bulbasaur. I feel like he's like Squirtle tough. either. Squirtle's a tough one. Is there any, like, new That's not right. <laughs> It's Snorlax because he's a pimp. Or Jigglypuff. I, I still feel pretty fine about saying Mewtwo's the third most recognizable Pokemon. I honestly pro I, I like you could say Mewtwo. I think I would give it to Eevee. I think Eevee has made such big strides uh, in recent years. That generic looking dog thing. Is there anything outside of the like? I know we're thinking like original 151 but is there anything from outside of the first generation that really oh yeah metagross totally yeah shiny metagross specifically <laughs> that's the only thing i recognize in metagross anything else get the hell out of here man filling in dead air i'm trying to with think. my song about metagross. that are close though like dragonite's probably up there no dragonite looks like puff the magic dragon, dragon especially yeah. if he's shiny I think a lot of people know who Dragonite is. I, I don't, don't think, think a lot of people know. No, I don't even I don't whoa, think so. whoa! You guys are sleeping on my man Jigglypoof. He I mean, said Jigglypoof. I said Jigglypoof. Jigglypuff Jigglypuff Clefairy. Clefairy. Clefairy was supposed to be the face of Pokemon. I just remember being in the Kroger checkout. And I'm talking to this kid in front of me in line because he sees me wearing my Gengar hat. And we're Gengar. Talk, we're talking. Not a Gengar. We're talking a little bit about Pokemon, and the guy ringing us up goes, <laughs> "Don't forget about Jigglypoof." <laughs> Right there. I think Tylus was his name. I think Tylus knows. <laughs> Tylus knows about Jigglypoof. We can't really forget the voted by this it's not group of people. Psyduck. It's not Psyduck. Yeah. That's <laughs> the greatest got, Pokemon of all time. You got a point there. I can't even think of anything like Gen 2. Nothing comes to mind. Gen 3, definitely nothing comes to mind. Like, is there anything from like Gen 7 that got pushed super hard? Gen 6 that got pushed super hard? Dialga. Tokopi. <laughs> Cryagonal. I think, yeah, yeah. I think we're done with this question. <laughs> Wishy-washy. Right. So I think our, our answer is what? Then Pikachu? Pikachu Charizard for sure. And then a tie between Eevee and Cryagonal, Mickey. Dialga, <laughs> and Wishy-washy. Don't, don't forget about Vanillite. All right. Trubbish. Uh, and then the <laughs> final question from our boy, Baxi Baby. Baxi Baby. Is what is your favorite amiibo from Breath of the Wild? I know my answer. Mine is uh, what is it? Archery Link, whatever you call it, where he's, you know you get the arrows when you scan it, and I just think it's a cool looking amiibo. Actually, my favorite is the Majora's Mask Link because you can get the Fierce Deity outfit from there, and I like the Fierce Deity Link. You look spooky. I have just the head from that one. Mm. 
Yours is the yours is the one the actual, the actual amiibo where he's yeah. like yeah. I think it's a cool looking one, and I like getting arrows. <laughs> yeah, that is because I need because cool I burned through them in Breath of the Wild. What about any of them where just the fish fall from the sky and just start flopping <laughs> on the ground? Always fun. The, yeah. the Guardian one is a physically very cool because the arms are posable. The Guardian, and you get yeah. those three, you get three metal blocks with it, and you can like you get all sorts of different ancient parts from it. And yeah, big old. Rupees. The real answer is Breath of the Wild is good enough as it is. Amiibos are microtransaction. Don't let Nintendo steal your money, Baxi baby. Yeah, or yeah, he, good, good or, thing he didn't. Or have your friend counterfeit you some Amiibos, not naming names. Or yeah, that friend charges you though, so he's a jerk. No, I didn't. Yeah, he only charged us. He only charged us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, wait, wait, who bought who bought Amiibos from me? I did. Did you? Yeah. I charged you. <laughs> I was on. I was on a long. We weren't, we weren't as good of friends back then, though. I'm I still would have charged you. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I charged Ethan too. He just never paid me. I, no, 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 no. This oh, so you long, screwed up by paying him. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'm on a long-term loan plan. Right, what correct. Tess said correct. is, if you want to keep them, it's X amount of dollars. And he's like, but if not, you just give them back. I was like, yeah, I'll just give these back eventually. It's true. I I, I haven't made myself a set because I know eventually I'm going to get them back from Dead Eye. Yeah. LPJ, though, got his money. <laughs> Sphinx got his money. The Glitch oh, got his money. God. Baxi Baby was a gift, though. So what's your real answer, Jazzy? That's my real answer. They're microtransactions. You don't even play the game. They're more like DLC. They're more like microtransactions. <laughs> but it's like a macro transaction. Because you can use it every day. I don't want to hear about microtransactions from a guy who spent 40 bucks on a skin in League of Legends Ooh. or something like that. I'm not saying <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you him know, that he doesn't toasty. need them because I've made mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying, I'm trying to take the blunt force of that mistake and, and let Baxi Baby know that mistakes were made over here. Don't make them over there. He Jazzy's warning. He's trying to assuage <laughs> you from, from not letting that happen to yourself. But thanks. Baxi baby for emailing us. What, what was what was Grimlock's answer? I went with the uh, I like the archer. I guess if I had to pick a different one, I, I'll pick the Epona drop with uh, Link on the horse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nice. Well, if you want your emails read in that sort of manner, go ahead and email info at gamesillamedia dot com. Shoot them in. Uh, we record on Monday, so that's a great time to email me while you're sitting at work pondering what what possibly could we want to answer for you. Think about it. Send it in, and we'll answer it. Info. It came to the media.com. Yeah. And Jazzy, if uh, people liked this show and they want to support it and get more content, what do they do? They go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia. Become a patron. Get great perks. Support this content. If But if they wanted to get all the perks, but they didn't want to pay for it right away, what would they do? Go there right now. Right now? Right now. What's some of the exclusive content they're going to get this month for free? Hmm. All of it. We just had a sp- dungeon of doom. That's right. That's the dungeon, the, of, the doom. dungeon of doom. That's it. That's the only thing they get. What, what, the Royal Rumble episode of Dungeon of Doom is to kick off to the road to WrestleMania, and now is the perfect time to become a fan of professional wrestling. And Testonomics and I will lead you through what is the kickoff to the postseason in the world of professional wrestling. And we're scheming up another special episode where I think we're going to go over understanding the world of wrestling outside of WWE, the other different wrestling companies throughout the world. So, yeah, the next. 
oh, so the next two months of wrestling, real good. Then it gets kind of trashy for four months, but this is the time to become a fan. Absolutely, right now. And we're going to talk about that on uh, episodes of the Dungeon of Doom this month, which is a Patreon-exclusive wrestling podcast. Test, what else can they get for free this month? Man, what about behind the DM screen with Craig WK? Always a different kind of setup of goodies, rather it be fan questions, a one-on-one with one of the character players, uh, one-on-three with all of the players. You get a little bit behind the scenes. Some of the questions that you might want to know about your noobs, like, but what if they would have done this instead? The Dungeon Master Craig WK will just give you the answer. Like, this is what would have happened. Uh, So-and-so might have not died had you guys not dicked around in the first four episodes. This is true. If you are a fan of the Last Action Podcast, which is our action movie podcast here at GameZilla Media, they have a special episode that's up for free right now where LPJ and Sphinx talk about a brief history of comic book movies. So... That's cool. That's free. Normally, that would be uh, exclusive paid content on our Patreon page, but it's available for free because of the success of Games of Gives Back. And Jazzy has promised that live from Pack South this weekend, he's going to have a 40-minute one-man show where he talks about the day in a life of Jazzy Fiddle at the con. I like that. 40 minutes of his thoughts. That's a good idea. Most of them will be, hi, I'm Jazzy, as a throwback (laughs) to last packs that uh, we got a recap for. Hi, I'm Jazzy. That's two packs ago now. Ooh, two packs. That was created by me. Two packs. I mean, it was created by you, technically, just cut up in an interesting way. Yeah, somebody, somebody... Was it auto tuned me? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. auto tuned me. Either right. way, plenty of fr- fr- plenty of content that would normally be behind a five, ten, or fifteen dollar tier, completely free. Uh, this month it, it ends up it ends January, January thirty first is the last day that you'll get access to this saucy content. So uh, take a look now and uh, consider while you're there signing up for a little bit of Patreon action. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in to episode two forty two of the Games Little Podcast. Please, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, give us five stars, leave us a heart emoji, give us a a comment, hit that subscribe button. All of these actions help us out so much, and uh, we uh, greatly appreciate the support. So, uh uh-oh, the court's coming back. I just thought it would be a nice way to take us out. I like it. Don't forget to uh, join the Discord. Come talk video games with gamers from around the world every day for free at gameslimedia.com. Our Discord. Anything else, guys, before we uh, sign off? We got a lot of great shows. Legend of Retro, Movie Blast with Bob and Bax. Of course, we talked about the Last Action Podcast, and we now have the Noiseland Arcade Simpsons Podcast. Go over to gameslimedia.com and give a listen. And also... You can listen to us directly on your PlayStation. Did you guys think about this? No. No. Through the Spotify app on PlayStation 4, you can listen to GameZilla. We're right there. I listen to the GameZilla podcast on my PlayStation while cleaning my house this weekend. Nifty. Pretty cool stuff. We are on Spotify because we're legit. We're everywhere you want to be. That's our new catchphrase. (laughs) (laughs) It's for the children. We're everywhere you want to be. Oh, boy. All right. Well... (laughs) Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game game everywhere you. Oh, I thought you said that was our new one. Yes. We're everywhere you want to be. Game on. Game on. This is Bungie's fault.